next to you and say hello.
Everyone doing good? So often we, uh, we talk about just the character of God. And, you know, we talk about his mercy and his grace and his compassion. But one of the things I, I love and I really want us to focus on this morning is the goodness of God. You know, we, we've been in this series now called Choosing Hope. And it's so much easier to choose hope when you understand that you are putting your hope in a good God. Even when things don't feel like it, even when things don't look like it. The fact is, his character, his nature is good. There's no way around it. In fact, I love what the psalmist says. And this is, you know, really a call for us as worshipers, as people that are gathering here this morning to lift up the name of Jesus. And it says, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. So the fact is we serve a good God that wants to fill us with that goodness. He wants to fill us with all the things that embody his character. He wants us to have that compassion. He wants us to have mercy and grace towards others. And, and so as we worship this morning, let's just focus on the goodness of God. Just put away all distractions. Let's just say, God, thank you for your goodness. God, thank you that I can trust in that. Thank you, God, that no matter what's going on in my life, you are still good. That does not dictate who you are. So Jesus, we worship you from this place. We worship you in your goodness. And God, we come before you with hungry souls just wanting to be filled and satisfied by you and you alone.
of God. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Father, you so good to us that you sent your one and only son, Father, to come and to live and die and live again so that we could enjoy the goodness of God in our lives. So, Father, we thank you for all that have gathered this morning. We thank you for those that are here in this building and thank you for our students, our children, Lord, those in the cafe, Lord, we thank you today. Uh, for each one, and we pray your blessings upon them. Those that are worshiping with us online today, God, we just pray that your abundant blessing would be with them. And Lord, I pray that everyone in this room today, in this building and, and uh, online, Lord, would just uh, understand and experience the goodness of God this day and in the days to come. Pray, dear God, that you be with Gay today as she brings the message. We pray, God, that you would open our hearts to receive all that you have for us this day, Lord. We're thankful to be here. We're thankful for each one that's here. And God, we love you today. And again, we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Watch this.
day coming right up. Everybody, anybody ever been to church on Kite Day? It's a new day that we created just for you. Uh, it's on Memorial Day weekend on Sunday after the 11 o'clock service. Uh, we're going to have Kite Day. Uh, you know, did you know May is Kite Month? No, I, we didn't either. We just <laughs> made that up. Uh, but anyway, if you have a kite and you'd bring your kite and uh, want to fly, or if you just want to come, we'll have a little cookout and just have a little good time together for Memorial Day weekend. We don't have a Saturday night service on Memorial Day weekend, but we do have Sunday at 9 and 11, so we hope that you will be a part of Kite Day. Uh, also, if you're a first-time guest today, we just want to say welcome. We're glad that you're here today. Uh, we appreciate you coming, and we hope that you sense the goodness of God uh, here this morning and that if you are a guest, we have uh, a table as you go out the door for first-time guests. We have a little gift for you. We'd just like to acknowledge that you were here and, uh, and that we hope that you will come back again. Uh, also, it's time to check in on Facebook. If you have your, uh, your phone with you and you'd like to check in, that's always a good thing to do just to check in and let your friends know that you got up this morning in the rain and you came to church and they ought to get themselves up and come to church too, uh, especially if they don't go to church anywhere. Anyway, our connection card's in the program, and we'd love for you to fill that out and put it in the offering buckets as they pass by. As far as the offering goes, we'll take our tithes and offerings and at the next song. And uh, if you've been here, you know all about tithes and offering. The tithe is the first 10% of all that God has blessed us with. And, uh, and then we give that back to God. It's his anyway. It's all his. He gave it to us. And when we give to God, he says that at, at, with the tithe to God, he says he'll open the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessing, more blessing than we can handle on, uh, on our lives. Anybody here experience the goodness of God and the blessings that he pours out through giving? Just, wow, look around and just say, thank you, God, and praise, your, uh, praise you for that. We have an exciting thing coming up next uh, Saturday night. No, is it Saturday night? Friday night. Uh, it's a moonlight hike, and it'll be happening down at the Rappahannock River on that trail. Uh, you meet down there. You can get more details out at the table as you leave today, and uh, you will certainly enjoy that. It's about 100 people said they're interested in that, and uh, so if you haven't heard about it or you want to be a part of that, see Chris, Pastor Chris, out at the table as you leave in the foyer today. It's Mother's Day, and we're excited to have you here today if you're a mom. We'd just like for you to stand up. We'd like to honor you. And just remain standing. I want to pray with you. So if you're a mom, let us honor you today uh, by saying thank you for being here. There are a lot of moms here, and we appreciate you being here. We're thankful for moms. All of us have a mom. And so don't forget to call your mom or be in touch with your mom today and just tell them how much you appreciate them. And uh, I appreciate my mom. I went to see her on Friday. And I appreciate Gay and the mother she's been to my daughter and my daughter for the mother she has been to our grandchildren. So, Father, thank you for our mothers. Thank you, Father, for uh, the, this fact, God, that you created moms. Lord, we need our moms. And we're so thankful today for each mom that's here. We ask, dear God, that you would wrap your loving arms around them. Pray that you would fill them with the goodness of the Lord today, Lord, that they would just understand uh, just how much you love them, and Lord, how much we appreciate them, Lord. Father, I pray for those that may uh, be experiencing uh, Mother's Day without their mom. I pray, dear God, that you would just encourage them today, and Father, that you would be near to those today that uh, have maybe wanted to be a mom, and for some reason, 
That hasn't happened in their life. And so, God, we pray that everyone here today would feel value, Lord, whether we are mother or not a mother. Uh, Lord, I just pray that we would all, and especially uh, the moms and the women in our church today, would feel value. Father, thank you. And, uh, Lord, we praise you again for uh, your goodness in giving us our moms. We love you and thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Once again, let's thank our moms. Her hands held me gently from the day I took my first breath. Her hands helped to guide me as I took my first step. Her hands held me close when the tears would start to fall. Her hands were quick to show me that she would take care of it all. Her hands were there to brush my hair or straighten a wayward bow. Her hands were often there to comfort the hurts that didn't always show. Her hands helped hold the stars and encouraged me to reach. Her hands would clap and cheer and praise when I captured them at length. Her hands would also push me, though not down or in harm's way. Her hands would punctuate the words, just do what I say. Her hands would sometimes discipline to help bend this young tree. Her hands would shape and mold me into all she knew I could be. Her hands are now twisting with age and years of work. Her hand now needs my gentle touch to rub away the hurt. Her hands are more beautiful than anything can be. Her hands are the reason I am me. I go wandering once again Back to the seasons of my youth I recall a box of rags that someone gave us And how my mama put the rags to use There were rags in many colors And every piece was small And I didn't have a coat And it was way down in Mama sewed the rags together Sewing every piece with love She made my coat of many colors That I was so proud of And as she sewed she told a story From the Bible she had read About a coat of many colors And Joseph wore and then she said Perhaps this coat will bring you Good luck and happiness And I just couldn't wait to wear it And Mama blessed it with a kiss My coat of many colors That my mama made for me Made only from rags But I wore it so proudly Although we had no money I was rich as I could be In my coat of many my mama made for me So with patches on my britches And holes in both my shoes In my coat of many colors I hurried off to school Just to find the others laughing And making fun of me In my coat of many colors My mama made And I told him of the love my mama sewed in every stitch And I told him all the story Mama told me why she sewed And how my coat of many colors 
was worth more than all their clothes. But they didn't understand it, and I tried to make them see that one is only poor, only if they choose to be. Now I know we had no money, and I was rich as I could be in my coat of many colors. together on that one because uh, here my granddaughter read about mother's hands that was the one thing that was really hard for me as I watched her uh, passing from this life to the next I saw her hands there and uh, I realized how much her hands made a difference in my life and uh, so <laughs> all right here we go well, here's uh, some quirky Mother's Day gifts uh, that I want to see if moms and Chris wrote a blog for non-moms. Uh, so sometimes on Mother's Day, there are some women that feel left out. So these are gifts for moms and non-moms. Who, who would that be? Everybody, actually. Women, everybody. Okay, here's the first one. This is, ladies, this is for your car. Now, Jody knew all about this. I had no clue, but it's an app that you, it's so you don't get ripped off when you go to a mechanic. Okay? So it tells you exactly what's wrong with your car. Uh, see, I have Buddy, so I don't need one of these. But how, how many of you would want, want one of those, ladies? Anybody? No, nobody wants the. <laughs> okay. Huh? Okay, here's the next one. Next gift. Okay, this is uh, apparently, I don't know what it does. You might put it on your back and it just shocks you and you stand up straighter. You know, you don't have your mom saying, stand up straight. So this little thing helps your posture. Anybody want one of those? <laughs> Buddy wanted this, so <laughs> you'd want it. Yeah, you'll take it. Okay, if, they're, if we're giving these gifts away free, then you'll take it, right? Okay, here's one. Uh, this is the photo stick mobile, of course. You know, that's, that's pretty Let's move on. That one's boring. We know that one. Okay, here's the little peeps. Anybody have glasses that you have? Yeah, you have that? Do you love it? Okay, anybody else want one of those? Yeah, these aren't. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, I'd take one of those. Little sponges on the end. So right here is my glass cleaning thing. <laughs> okay, now this thing, it, it, uh, what I read about it is that it has a rhythm to your breathing, and you breathe with it, and it puts you to sleep. Wake up! <laughs> okay, anybody want this one? <laughs> yeah? Have trouble get, getting to sleep? This one will help you do that. All right? Oh, this one. Uh, yeah, 
So apparently you can pay a whole lot less than Verizon charges you if you take these cables and you figure out how to do all this. I don't even get it. Somebody last night said, is that legal? <laughs> We're not ripping it up. This actually is legal. Colin had to explain it to me. So that's another one that I think we'll say, forget it. Somebody else. Oh, now this is my favorite right here. That looks so good to me. What about you guys? I mean, it just stretch, you know? No? You know? Yeah, that looks good. Yeah, we'll take that. Okay, that's the winner. Give the winner a hand. All right. <laughs> Okay, you see hope all around. We've got a lot of hope in this place, don't we? I hope that hope is more than a big sign in our life. And that's what this series has been about. What is it? Well, here's what we know. That hope is to our spirit what water and air is to our physical body. We cannot live without hope. We will die without hope. We need hope. And so what happens, though, when we don't see hope, when we can't feel hope? And that's what the last two weeks were about. We can't see it. We can't feel it. And this week we're going to talk about when you can't hear it, when it just doesn't seem to, to be there, what do we do? Well, that's what this series is all about. Choosing hope means that it's a choice. Hope is always available, whether we can sense it or not, whether uh, we can feel it, whether we can see it, whether we can hear it, hope is always available. We don't have to run out of hope. But what we do need to know is that we have to place our hope and we have to find our hope in something that will never let us down, something that will not rust, something that we cannot lose. It has to be in something that's certain and something that's alive. And if we place our hope in anything other than something that's certain, it'll let us down, we'll end up feeling hopeless, and we won't know how to go on in life. And so here's something that's certain and alive. Let's read this. And I'm going to let you read a lot of the scriptures today, okay? Go ahead and read this. For the word... What's alive and active? Yes, it is. Okay, how about this one? The grass withers. So what does that mean? That means that everything on this earth, everything that's temporal, everything that we earn, everything that we do, it's going to fade away. But what lasts forever? The Word of God lasts forever. Now, interestingly, this week, it's about what, how do we have hope when we can't hear it. And I got this cute little flyer. It's an advertisement, of course, in the mail. And guess what May is? Buddy said it was kite month, but it's not. Clearly here on this ad, it says it is better hearing month. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> so I sat down to prepare this message, and I get this flyer in the mail, Better Hearing Month. And I thought, you know, it's really amazing to me how parallel our, the physical realm that we can understand about our body, how parallel it is to our spiritual realm. And here's what it said literally on this advertisement. It said this about our hearing, our physical hearing, which I think is parallel to our spiritual hearing. 90 to 95% of people with hearing loss 
can be treated. So if you can't hear, there's hope because it can get better, right, everyone with hearing aids? <laughs> you need a hearing aid, Mark. <laughs> okay, how about this one? It says, woohoo. Tommy, can you hear me? Okay, getting our hearing checked is quick and easy. Okay, so it's, there's really not a whole lot involved. And that's exactly what we're going to do here today. We're going to get our spiritual hearing checked. How about this one? Hearing better creates a better quality of life with better connections to family. Do you believe that? Our physical hearing, you know, you don't have grandpa sitting there all the time just like this and going, huh, what? <laughs> no, when you improve your hearing, uh, you, have, you, can, you can communicate with one another. Same thing with our spiritual hearing. When we can hear God, the connection is so much better, not only with him, but with others around us. Uh, okay? Hearing loss is linked to other problems, so it's important to have a checkup to identify the problem. We're going to do that today. We're going to look at some of the blockages. You know, you might be a person that just has a huge amount of wax buildup in your ears, and you need to have that cleaned out, and that means that there are some blockages that need, you need to attend to. But you don't need surgery. You just need to clean out that wax. And that's the same thing with our spiritual hearing. There are some things that are blocking our spiritual hearing that we need to pinpoint and identify so that we can eliminate that problem. And better hearing means living a more active life. And it truly does. It says the word of God is active and alive. And it means that if we're living and we're hearing and allowing that word of God to flow through us, we're going to have a more vibrant, we're going to have a more abundant life. So the ad said, this flyer said, get a consultation as soon as possible. It's the same for us with our spiritual hearing. We need a checkup. We need to look at whether or not we're able to hear because our hope comes from that place that's certain. And what did we say is certain and will last forever? Yes. And so we, we need to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word as well. Even in the Bible, it says that we don't live just by physical things alone. The, in Matthew, it says, mankind does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That means that if words are coming out of the mouth of God, we need to be able to hear it, right? If we don't hear it, then uh, we'll respond in a way that's not going to be healthy or beneficial to our own life. Now, all of the references, there are a hundred at least references in the Bible about hearing. That's pretty amazing, which means that there are a lot more verses because those are just the references and there's several verses to each reference. Now, if we went to a hearing specialist, they'd say, what's blocking your, your, your physical hearing? And they would address that. And that's, that's exactly what we're doing here today is we're addressing what might be a spiritual blockage in our life that's keeping us from hearing the voice of God, ultimately hearing the hope 
that we have for our life. The first one is that life is noisy. Did you ever notice that? Life is noisy. I mean, there is a lot of noise all around the place. Look at this cartoon. And the noise sometimes can be really good things. You see, you see the, the, it's a sheep. I don't know, it looks a little, more, a little more like a wolf or whatever, I don't know. But it says, I wonder why I don't hear from the shepherd anymore. And you see the shepherd in the background? The shepherd's yelling, hey sheepy, hey sheepy, hey wolf or whatever you are there. But you see, we've got good things in our life. We've got music. How can you tell this is dated? Boombox, Boom yeah. No flat screen TV there, is it? <laughs> but this is what we do. A lot of times we put our own blocks in our life. And sometimes, uh, it's, most times it is good things. And that leads me to the second one, which is busyness. I was talking to a friend of mine in the band room, and he was saying, I am busy, 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 busy. And I said, that generally tends to be how people are. And a lot of times we stay busy because we don't want to slow down and really hear what's going on in our head, which also means that we're not slowing down to be able to hear the voice of God. We get so busy. Now, in the Old Testament, the way that God spoke to people was through an audible voice because he appointed the prophets and, the, and he, the, God would speak to the prophets, and then the, the prophets would actually go to the people and say, here's what the Lord declares. Here's what God says. And then they would have to decide, am I going to believe this guy or not? But with the prophets, everything that they prophesied came true 100% of the time. Now, that was in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, for us... It's different. The voice of God is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is described as a still, small voice. And in this busy world, if we don't pull over to the side of the road and stop, and maybe even show up late forever, wherever we're going, we're not going to hear that still small voice. You know, I said to my friend, I said, you know, maybe it's better to be late and be in the groove with God than it is to show up on time and not have that groove. Are you with me? And so we need to rethink the busyness in our life because it truly is a block to our spiritual hearing. Because the Holy Spirit is a still, small voice. I found this really interesting verse in Kings of all places. Let me read this to you. It said, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is going to pass by. And you know what? The Lord passes by every single one of us every day. He's always there. And he said to the, said, go out because he's going to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains apart and shattered the, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in that wind. 
Sometimes we want that big voice to come and just really knock us in the head and show us God, write it in the sky. And then it said after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then came a gentle whisper. And the Lord was in that gentle whisper. And I think that our busyness is that earthquake, is that wind, is that fire. Earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're with me. Okay, uh, and, and we want that big thing. We want it written in the sky. We want someone just to tell us what is God's will. We'll go talk to somebody and say, well, what do you think God's will is for my life? They can't tell you. Because the way that God designed to communicate with you is in a gentle, still, small voice. And we're too busy sometimes to slow down and to listen. He's there. And all of that stuff that's going on in your head, you really can have control over that. Because the Holy Spirit wants to become bigger than all of that. He wants you to slow down and begin to listen. But you see, we have to know how to hear and discern his voice. And unless we practice that, and unless we live that, it's not going to happen. You see, the, the dew, have you ever thought about the dew? The dew falls on the earth, and the purpose of that is to refresh the earth. But the dew never falls in the heat of the day. It always falls in the morning, the cool of the morning, or the cool of the evening when the temperatures go down. And so we have to train ourselves. We have to be very intentional about removing these blockages from our spiritual hearing. Another blockage is that we're just impatient all you have to do is go out and drive. <laughs> you see how much impatience there is in our world. We are so conditioned to have things and have them now. We really don't know how to wait. Waiting is a discipline. Waiting is something that just wears on our last nerve. But waiting is something that we have to practice because oftentimes that's how God works. In those times when we can't have what we want, He's teaching us and he's training us how to not have what we want. Remember, we're not little babies anymore that just cry and someone will come and meet every need they have. You know that's what babies are designed to do, right? That's how they get their needs met. They just cry, they get their diaper changed. They just cry, they get their food. They get, and adults run to them. And hopefully as we mature and we grow in our lives that we understand that sometimes we need to wait on things. And that God needs to teach us not to be wah, wah when we're not getting our own way, but to begin to listen to that still, small voice so that he can give us the power to wait on him. We're impatient. And another blockage, well, let, let's, to remove that blockage, here's what the word of God says to us. You read this one. Go ahead. Wait for the Lord. 
That's the word of God. It never passes away. And he says one of the things that we need to remove in our life is the impatience. One of the things that we need to have in our life is teaching and training ourselves how to wait. You know, last week we talked about the Israelites and God came to them and he said, you're not going to get out of captivity for 70 years. And they griped and they complained, but he said, you grow right where you are. You prosper right where you are, even though you're in captivity. Don't let that be an excuse. You grow in spite of your circumstances. Sometimes God asks us to wait. And one more blockage that we have is just simply that little three-letter word that we don't like to say very much, sin. It has a great big O-I right in the middle of it. And sin is simply this, willfully doing what you know is wrong. I'm not talking about somebody that's caught up in an addiction that's really trying to overcome that addiction because we go up and down and we fail and, and, and all of that. But in our lives, it truly is the word of God says that we don't need to sin. Are we going to be perfect? No, we're going to make mistakes. But God says when we do, he has made a way for us when we screw up, when we mess up. Can I say screw up here? Okay. When we mess up, we go straight to him and say, God, I'm sorry. Because the Bible clearly says if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, we'll be saved. And that's the only prayer if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only prayer he's going to hear, a prayer of confession that comes before him and says, God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry. I need you. But for those of us that have been in a relationship with God and we find on a daily basis there are things in our life, but we don't need to willfully do what we know is wrong. But when we do, the Bible says this. Would you read that? If we confess... That is a promise. And you know one thing that we humans don't like to do? confess. We don't like to admit when we're wrong. But if we can learn and we can practice to say, you know what, I really messed that up and I need to either go ask someone for forgiveness or my feelings got hurt and I really need to figure out what that is and I need to address that. Or I'm in conflict with some, someone and Matthew 18 says, you go to that person and you ask them if they're willing to work on that. If there's, they're not, there's nothing more you can do. You just wait and you pray until they're ready if they ever are. But God always makes a way for us to get back in relationship with him. But if we have these outstanding sins that we're never confessing, if we're not going before the Lord and saying, God, would you show me, would you reveal to me the things in my life that are not pleasing to you? If we're not living that kind of life, then we're going to have outstanding sins and the voice of, the, of God is going to get less and less and less, not because he's moving away, but because we're choosing to corrode the pipes of communication with God. Have you ever seen hard water in pipes that builds up? It squeezes out the water, and eventually you won't have any water at all. And that's exactly how it is with the voice of God. So those are some of the things that block our spiritual hearing. What can we do then spiritually? In, in other words, how can we get some spiritual uh, hearing aids 
that'll help us begin to tune in. You know, back in the day when you had a radio in your car, and like I have XM now, and it's just like, boop, a little button. Uh, but back in the day, it was like you, you had to tune in. Anybody remember that? When you'd hear the static, and you could barely hear, and it was so annoying to hear that static, and you'd tune and tune until you could, and then they got that little, eventually, click, where it would tune it really. <laughs> anyway, we've come a long way with all of that. And, uh, but that's what God wants us to do. What can we do if, in, in order to tune into him? What do you do when you want to hear something that you know might help your life? I'm telling you, I, I guarantee you the numbers of podcasts that you all listen to, the radio stations, the n number of voices that everybody in this room, even those online, listen to is astronomical. I mean, we're feeding our heads. If we think that something's going to help us, we tune in. We listen to it. And then we even tell other people, hey, listen to this. And we're filling our head with, with uh, all kinds of voices. Now, this morning, every single one of you got up this morning on a rainy day. You got up and you decided we're going to church. Now, you may not have felt it like it there somewhere, but every single one of you that are here today followed through. Every single person that's online right now, they had to get up. They didn't have to do what you did. They didn't have to get dressed, but they got their computer and they intentionally said, I'm going to tune in online and go to Salem Fields today. And every single one of you were intentional about that. You did that. And when you came in here, you sat down in rows <laughs> and you all faced up here. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and why did you do that? Because you believed you thought you were intentional about maybe there's something that God wants me to hear today. Is that the reason that you came? I hope it was, that it wasn't, oh, gays preaching today. Yeah, that's why I'm going to go there. <laughs> oh, buddy's not preaching. I'm not going there today. <laughs> and we have all kinds of reasons why we do this. But the reason I hope that everyone is coming here and going through all the trouble of coming and then lining up and sitting is because you know that you need to hear from God. And that maybe somewhere in this, in this corporate uh, worship that we have together, or when you get, turn your computer on, that God will speak to you. There'd be no point any other way. And so you tune in. But what if you came in here and you sat in here, and uh, I was up here. We just went on and on, I and mean, you came here to hear something, right? Would you get annoyed? How would you respond if you intentionally did something and, and you couldn't hear? Would you get up and leave? Would you go back to the booth and say, What's a deal? <laughs> 
Because when you came here, I hope you didn't come to hear me or the speaker or Buddy or Kelly or Rich or anybody else. I hope that you came here today with the intention of hearing from God. You see, if we don't, then we begin to get in this place where we grumble and we complain and we start pointing our finger at other people and then we get into this place where, uh, and, and, and we become somebody that we really don't want to be. And so we need to be intentional, intentional about cutting through and critiquing and, and saying, oh, I like this or I didn't like that song or uh, we have to, get our focus back on, why do I do this anyway? Be intentional about hearing the voice of the Lord. And when we are, we will listen carefully. Now, that's another thing. As humans, we don't do very well. We're not really great listeners. Oftentimes, when somebody's talking to us, we're thinking about what we're going to say next. And we really don't hear what they say. One of the biggest problems between husbands and wives is that we, we really don't actively listen. But we need to listen because the word of God that never passes away says this. Go ahead and read it for me. Now, do we really know how to be still? You guys are doing a great job this morning. You're being still. Don't you wish your children, you could have a captive audience like this with your children? that you could stand up in front of them and say all these wonderful things and they'd look at, look at you like you're looking at me. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> but we have to learn how to be still. And you know how to do it. You're doing it right here this morning. And you're listening carefully because you're tuning in and you're saying, ah, oh, it's not gay that I need to hear. It's the voice of the Lord. And somewhere in here, I'll be able to hear him if I listen carefully. There was a farmer that was bringing in hay. I love the farming community, grew up in it. And it's kind of old-fashioned now. But you see those hay bales out in the fields, and I just love that. And this old farmer was uh, bringing bales of hay into the barn. And uh, he noticed at some point that he wasn't, he had lost his watch, and it was a, a, an expensive watch. It was a, a watch that meant a lot to him, and so he panicked, and he said, you know how you feel when you lose something, no matter what it is, and he panicked, and he said, oh my goodness, I've got to find that watch, and he went out into the fields, and he scanned the fields, and he looked all through there, and he went back into the barn, and he was tearing through all the hay bales, and he was, I mean, he was just looking up a storm for this watch that he couldn't find and he went in and he said to his son oh my goodness and he was almost in tears I'm so sad that I've lost my watch and the boy says I'll find it for you dad so the boy went out to the barn and he climbed up on the hay bales and he put his ear down to the hay bales and he began to listen I know where that watch is. You get it? It's when we take the time to slow ourselves down 
and get out of that whole panic mode that we can truly hear the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit that wants to connect with us. And when you listen carefully, you can expect, you can expect, you can expect God to speak to you. Before you leave here today, you have opportunity for God to speak to your heart. For you to take a golden nugget from here and take it out into the world and live that. Samuel was a young man that was in the temple and he came to the temple so that Eli the prophet could teach him. And he would come to Eli and he'd say, Eli, how do I hear God? Uh, he, he heard a voice and he went to Eli and he said, he said, what have you said, what are you saying to me, Eli? And Eli said, I, I didn't say anything. You know, it reminds me of Christian when he was 20 years ago, he was four years old and he was looking out, off of, out of the door of my deck and he said, Nana, how do you hear God? And that was 20 years ago and I'm going like, oh. <laughs> But I, I did manage to talk to a four-year-old about hear to, how to hear the voice of the God. And that's what was happening with Samuel and Eli. And, and Eli said, go back. And Samuel heard the voice again, and he came to Eli. Because we like to go to people, don't we, to, to, to have those answers. And, and, Sam, and Eli said, no, Samuel, go back. And here's what I want you to say, this. Speak, Lord for your servant is listening. And you see, every single one of us have the benefit of that right there. Before we approach anything, before we get out of bed in the morning, when we crawl in our car to go to work, when we turn the radio on and hear a song, when even in the middle of some conflict, when we come home in the evening, all we need to do is say, speak, Lord, because I'm listening. But are we? Are we tuning in? Are we intentional? Are we listening closely? Are we expecting God to hear us? You see, he will speak to us. And he will give us, here's how it works. There's like this inward witness. When we're tuned in, it's like God doesn't communicate audibly. You know, sometimes people say, I heard the voice of God just like I heard it audibly. Well, occasionally something like that might happen, but that is not how God designed to speak to you and to me in this day. He designed for us to be connected to Jesus through the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit that we can't see. He's invisible, and Jesus connects us to God. And so that's his design. And this inward witness is your spirit connecting with his spirit. And you know that you know that you know when it happens. Because if you're in a service like this and at the very end, and there's a response time to accept Jesus, your heart will start to pound. Or if you're in a, 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 a celebration service and... I'm calling for people to stand up and give a testimony. Your heart will start to pound. And that's an inward witness that says, pay attention, pay attention. I want to speak to you. And when that happens, we will begin to recognize 
his voice. The, Bi the Bible clearly says, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. That means we have to be intentional on a daily basis to begin to recognize his voice. And the word says, my sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I had lunch with a friend the other day, and I went into this little restaurant. It was very small. And when I went in, I just looked around. I didn't see her. And so I decided to sit down to wait on her to come. And, and the host came and said, can I seat you? And I said, oh, no, I'm waiting on a friend. And my friend popped up from behind two people and said, I knew I recognized that voice. She didn't even have to see me. Her back was turned to me. But when I spoke, she knew who I was. That's because we're in relationship. And we know one another. And that's exactly what it takes for us to hear the voice of the Lord. And you know what? He doesn't give some big theological construct. That's not what he wants to do. He wants us to begin with his simple instructions. We don't need a theologian. The word of God is for everyone. Whether a person can read whether a person can understand, because the word of God will, will witness to us and we'll begin to recognize his voice, and that's what it's about. It's recognizing his voice, but not just being a hearer and practicing tune in, but we've got to take whatever he speaks to us about and put it into our life. We must obey. This is where we as Christians really begin to fall, fall down. Because we love our ears to be tickled. We love to have the hope that if I just hear this, that my life will be better. It's not true. God designed us to change and to become more like him. And the only way we're going to be able to change is if we have a humble, childlike willingness that will come before him. And I'm telling you, pride is taking the church down, especially men. Pride is taking the church down because we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to look stupid in front of other people. Well, we can hold on to our cool and totally miss what God has for us. I've watched it happen for 30 years. I've watched it just go down. And a lot of it is because we're so focused on other people that we forget about pleasing God. We forget about developing the confidence and recognizing his voice. And that no matter what anyone else says, we choose to obey because we choose to put our faith and our trust in, in his word. You see, we have to obey. We have to make that part of our life. And here's the thing. If he can trust you in the little things, like maybe looking foolish in front of someone, like maybe at the end of the service when you get up and you say, I don't care what anybody thinks, I'm going up there and I'm going to pray and I'm going to spend a little time with God right there in the midst of other believers. I don't really, not looking at what other people, if, if he can trust us, in the little things, 
then he'll allow us to graduate to the next thing. And it's one of the reasons why we're staying babies. We need milk instead of eating the meat of the word. And you see, if he can trust us in those little things, but to reach a level of intimacy where God, where we hear his voice and launch into a deeper place, obedience has to be a non-negotiable. A non-negotiable. That's the hardcore truth of living a Christian life. Tell me it's for wimps. It's not. It's hardcore. But it says that the word of God will never let us down, which means that we have to have a life that lines up with God's word. God will never tell us, he will never ask us to do or think or say anything that's contrary to his word. That's why we need to know what the Bible says. We need to know what it says. The spirit of God will only tell you to do things that will give you a more abundant life. You do this for me, God says, and you'll be amazed. You know, it's just like tithing. But he said, how many people here have been blessed because you've decided to tithe? Well, we didn't tithe because we knew that was going to benefit us. We tithe because we put faith in God. And then each one of us turn around and say, oh, my goodness, I cannot believe how God has worked through my life. Because, he, because I was obedient to follow him, not for what it would benefit me, but because I have faith and trust in his word that says if I give him the first of everything that I have, then I'm going to have an abundant life. I'm going to have a life that's alive and active. See, God has put his name on his written word. These promises that we talk about, they are conditional, you know. They're conditional on our obedience. We can't receive the promises of God unless we're in relationship with him. And he's put his name written his, on the written word, he, the way we'd sign a contract. You know, when I got married, I signed a contract, till death do I part. And I will not go back on my word with God. Have I wanted to? Of course, who hasn't in marriage? But I will not go back on my word. But God has put his name on the bottom of his promises written in the blood of Jesus Christ. He cannot break his promises. And I count on that. And in those times when I can't have my way or I have to wait or I'm crying out to God, please change. I go back to his promises and he promises me that if I'm intentional and I listen to him, that he will guide me and he will lead me and that my life will thrive and I will have an active and alive life because I don't understand it, but if I trust him, he does. And we get some great benefits when we're intentional and we listen closely and we practice and we develop this voice of God and this relationship and recognize his voice and we have to begin to discern between all the voices that we hear do I follow that or who do I follow and God's voice he helps us learn to know the counterfeits and the ones that are the real deal you have to keep your eyes on the real deal in order to know when the deceptions are happening and I know in my life I've been deceived a lot and I've had to learn through my life 
where to put my faith and where to put my trust. And that's the same for each one of us. And the only way I've been able to do that is to tune in and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and follow that voice and follow Jesus. And the benefits to us are that hearing God's voice will reveal the truth to you. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not in 70 years, but maybe the day you die, are you willing to wait on that? Because you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And when we learn to know his, his voice, he says this, he says, call to me. Let me have you read this. Go ahead. Call to me. You know what he wants to do with each one of us? He wants to reveal secrets to you. He wants to reveal his secrets to you. But he can't do that if you're not in tune with him. If you're not intentional about hearing his voice. If you're not listening carefully. If you're getting caught up in the busyness and all the noise. It's not going to go away. The only way you're going to get there is if you choose it. It's our choice, and we'll know the truth. Another benefit is that hearing God's voice gives us great hope. It gives us great hope because we're listening and we're living by something that is certain and alive and will never pass away. I love this verse. It says, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul that keeps us firm and secure no matter what the circumstances of our life is. We have this hope. And hearing God's voice gives us that hope. And hearing God's voice, and I love this one because no matter who you are, it's worth taking the time to learn to know his voice. Hearing God's voice gives us great comfort. In the middle of very, very difficult circumstances, no matter what you're going through, his voice is there for your comfort. I've told this story before, but I took a trip to Hawaii with my brother, and he's, he's crazy. I mean, he really goes beyond the, the boundaries, and I thought I was an adventure seeker, but he's way beyond me, and we went out into this lava field. He heard that there was a, a lava, uh, a live lava, and he said, I gotta get a picture of that guy. I gotta get a video of live lava, and so we start taking off, and it, it's miles, miles of nothing but black lava, and, and they told us we're not supposed to go back there because it was a, a national park or something that wasn't open to just anyone. He said, come on, Gail, let's go. And, and so I, I just followed his voice, just followed him like little sheep. And we started walking out there, and I had jeans on. I didn't have a hat, didn't have any water. I was not prepared for this hot, long trek. And we walked and walked, and I really wasn't watching where we were going because he was leading the way. And I, and I looked at little caves that were there, I and mean, it's really creepy. Has anyone ever been out in the lava field? It's really, really creepy because it's quiet and it's, ooh. And as we were walking, I thought, you know, it's a long way out there to the cliff yet. 
and I heard the helicopters flying over because they were sightseeing, but it was a long way out, and that's where the live lava was. And as I was walking, my wisdom said, no, I, I am not prepared for this. This is not a good thing for me. And so I said to my brother, I said, I, said, I, I, I can't go on. And I thought he'd say, okay, we need to turn around. He said, well, I'll see you later, sis. <laughs> that's what brothers do. <laughs> I love my brother. And I said, well, I'm on my own. And I stood there and I said, as I watched him walk off, I said, well, Jesus, I guess it's me and you. I don't know what to do. This is a really tough situation. I don't even know where I am. I don't know how to get back to the car. I can't see anything in sight except some houses that have been overtaken by lava. It was completely desolate of people. I didn't know which direction to go. He had said to me, look at those little houses over in that direction. They were about that big. He said, just head that way. That's all I had. But I had Jesus. And so I took off and I started walking and walking and walking and walking. I didn't know if I was walking in the right direction or not. And pretty soon I saw this house and it had a truck and there were two men standing on the porch and I thought, mm, this is not good. But Jesus, would you surround me with your angels? Because I need some help here. And so I stood in the far back and I said, Hey, do you guys know where the ranger station is? And they said, Yeah, it's just over that hill. And I said, By the way, would you have a bottle of water? And they said, Yeah, it's right in the back of the truck right there. God always provides, doesn't he? And so I started walking and walking and finally I saw the car. And I said, yes, but then I realized when I got to the car, I may never see my brother again. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I picked up my phone, didn't have it with me. Well, I did, but it didn't have a signal. And I looked at my phone, and it had one bar. And I knew I wouldn't be able to reach my brother because there was no service out there. So I called Buddy. I'm in Hawaii, sitting in the car, in some really tough circumstances. And he answered. And I heard his voice. And I'm telling you, he could do nothing for me. He couldn't come and pick me up. He could do nothing. But I heard his voice. And it gave me such comfort. Such comfort. Now, Buddy's a human being. And it helped in that moment. But the thing I love about my relationship with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit living in me is that I have that comfort 24-7. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what tough thing you have, God may not write the answer in the sky, but he will guide you. He will love you. He will be there for you. But we have to seek him with all of our heart. We have to make obedience a non-negotiable. You have to listen carefully. And nobody else is going to do it for you. We have to be intentional. We're not going to be able to stand before God on judgment day and say, well, it was his fault. He was just always talking to no. We all have the power to choose. 
Will you listen to the word of God and allow it to fill you? And will you allow that, that voice to begin to become just part of your daily wake up and sleep? Let's stand together. Just let this song pour over you. servant is listening pretty simple you've probably got it memorized already 
And that's how we approach him. And we can expect him to speak to us. But we have to come to him with a soft, vulnerable, humble, willing heart. And that's tough for us sometimes. Because this world hardens us. We've had enough hurt in our hearts to keep us from ever loving again. And we get cynical. And we use sarcasm. Just indicates a hardened heart. But if we can come before him and we can say, I don't care what anyone else says. I don't care what my, even my own heart says. I come before you, Lord, and I ask you to speak to me. I guarantee you that he's spoken something to the majority of people here this morning. So I'm going to pray this prayer. I've written it down. And I wonder if right now you would be vulnerable and you would ask the Lord, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you want to speak to me every day, guiding me in spirit and in truth to obey your word and to enjoy an abundant life. Thank you that you've called me your friend and that I can come boldly before you and ask you to speak and expect you to speak to me. Lord, I'm seeking you, believing your promise that you hear me and that I'll hear you. I want to know you more. I want to hear you more. I want to obey you more. Your word says that your sheep know your voice. I desire so much to know your voice clear and to not be deceived by other voices. Guard my heart from influences around me. Help me to view my feelings, my thoughts, and my decisions through the lens of your living and active word. As I seek to hear you today, I give you permission to give me instruction, correction, and guidance. You said that if I ask for wisdom, you'll give it to me liberally. So I'm asking for wisdom in the name of Jesus to hear you clearly and consistently today and every day. Help me to be confident in knowing that I hear your voice. And if there's someone here this morning that has never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Savior, now is the time. There's never a better time than right now. His presence is here. His spirit is here. He's speaking to you. Your heart's kind of palpitating. That's his voice. That's the inward witness. You can accept him right now and open up those lines of communication by just saying, Jesus, would you forgive me of my sin? Would you come into my life? I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you resurrected from the dead and I want you to be my Lord and my savior. And just let him come in. Revelation 3.20, it says, I stand at the door and knock, Jesus says. If anyone will let me come in, that means you've got the doorknob. Let him come in. You've opened the lines of communication. For any believer that's here today and there may be some sin in your life, confess that right now. And give him permission to give you instruction, correction, and guidance. Father, we thank you so much for how you've 
how your Holy Spirit has been so active among us today. Thank you for your word that is more powerful than a double-edged sword. It pierces our heart, yet it comes out and heals. And so, Father, we thank you for who you are. May we be people that spread hope in the world simply because we recognize your voice. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And what all of this means is that you can choose hope. I love you guys. Go spread it in the world now. See you next time.